So welcome to the CEO huddle. And uh, this is a place where we believe everybody should be their own CEO, otherwise somebody else's, which isn't the best plan. And today I'm just so thrilled to be joined by a legend in the world of personal development, somebody who has coached on topics of leadership, selling, self-esteem goals, creativity, and success psychology in particular, over a 40-year career, has consulted for a thousand companies, has addressed five million people throughout his seminars, um, has written 70 books, including Eat That Frog, which we'll talk about, and has produced and written over 500 audio programs, some of which inspired me to be who I am today. And I can't, I'm so thrilled to have you here. Welcome, Brian Tracy. Well, thank you, Peter. I'm so happy to be with you as well. I was so impressed when you held up my audio program the last time we were on that you got 25 years ago. <laughs> and it reminds me of how quickly the time passes. And well, uh, yeah, quickly I, I, still, I still have them here. And I told that story, which um, I'll, I'll mention again, I joined Comcast and it was a brand new business. There was no customers and I thought, I don't know what I'm doing. I, was, I worked for Unilever, I'm completely lost. And so I was looking for inspiration and I found your breaking the success barrier and the look factor and I played them on my 150 mile journey every day and that became one of the, the biggest success of any business in the UK. <laughs> How good well, that's wonderful. And you know, it's interesting. I've had other people, actually I've had thousands of people over the years say the same thing. Well, what, what happens is, uh, what is it that, that a, a, a person is stretched by a new idea never goes back to the same size? When you have a new idea, uh, that idea actually changes you and you become a different person. And when you apply the idea, it, you understand it at a deep subconscious level that you have incredible power to achieve results that affect the lives of other people. And this is extremely motivating. Uh, I've had many discussions about uh, making uh, lots of money and I have made uh, lots of money over the years, uh, but it's because I've worked very hard. I was working very hard right up until 2018 when I had an, an infection in one of my hips and I had to stop and so now I'm slowed down. But my biggest year in my career was 2016 when I was like I think 74 years old. Wow. 2016 was my highest, busiest and highest income year after all those years. Wow. And the, re the reason was, and people say, well, what are you most proud of? I say, I'm most proud of, of course, my family, my children, but externally, I'm most proud of being able to help so many people to unlock their potential. Is when you understand that you have unlimited potential, you can do extraordinary things if you just simply learn how. Wow. And as I've helped you and I've helped countless people all over the world. As, I, as, you, as you quoted, I've spoken to more than 5 million people live, face to face. And I've influenced many, many millions more through my books and tapes and courses. My book on uh, time management, which just came about as a casual project called Eat That Frog, my publisher told me last week that it just hit 2.5 million copies in 50 languages, which makes it the best-selling book on time management in history. 
and it's continuing to sell and sell and sell. And sometimes a person I knew, I know senior executives who started off, they were struggling, walking the streets, knocking on doors. And today they own huge corporations. They're millionaires and multimillionaires and billionaires. And what happened was they listened to one of these programs and I am not a creator, I'm a synthesizer. I just take ideas from everywhere and I synthesize them. And uh, they listened to one of these programs and they took a different route. And their life was never the same again. Yeah. And uh, they're now they control thousands of people and they make millions of dollars. And, and, and you know what, 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 what happens, and I see it in you, is that people say, well, how does this affect your thinking? It affects our thinking in that we have an attitude of gratitude, is we're just grateful that we have been able to escape our poor beginnings and help other people do the same thing. Yeah, it's wonderful. So um, one of my questions, Brian, is, so you've inspired millions of people, but, but who inspired you? How, why did, how did you be, become who you are, have been and are from 40 years? Because did you listen to somebody like Brian Tracy? Uh, no. What happened was I began to uh, listen to everybody. Uh, I, was, uh, I was struggling, working away, living in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and the age of the audio program began in the 60s. And uh, I began to listen. I got onto the mailing list of Nightingale Conan, which were the biggest producers of audio programs. And they just started off producing one audio program for their friend, uh, Earl Nightingale. And they then recruited people to sell them door to door. And because the cost of production was low, they could pay these people well. And it, one of the things we talk about is goal setting. So they set a goal to have 1,000 salespeople all over the country selling this program. And they achieved the goal, just like we teach in goal setting. And over about three years, they got a thousand people and they began to sell. And then one day something happened. Earl Nightingale was listening to an interview on the radio of Dennis Waitley. And Dennis Waitley uh, was talking about winning, if you like. And so he called up uh, Dennis Waitley and said, how would you like to uh, produce an audio program? And he said, sure. So he called uh, um, Lloyd Conant, who was the founder of the company, and said, look, why don't we produce somebody else's program rather than just mine? And he was very reluctant to do it, but he finally said, okay. And this was an incredible turning point in everybody's life. So uh, Dennis went down to Chicago and recorded a program called The Psychology of Winning. And it came out of the gates like a racehorse and it exploded. And so people started buying it and listening. It was very simple. Manage your goals, manage your time, relationships, and so on. Think positively. But nobody had ever done that before. And it began to sell. And they realized they didn't have to exclusively sell Earl Nightingale. They could sell other people. And then somebody else came, Tom Peters from In Search of Excellence. And uh, several people. And I began to buy all their programs and listen to them. And my answer to your question, by the way, who inspired me, everybody did. Uh, I, got a, I got a gem here and a gem there and a good idea here and I combined it with another idea. And uh, I began to buy the programs 
and I was driving a lot of miles because Alberta is a huge province. There's two major cities. And if you want to travel, you travel 200 miles this way, 200 miles that way. So I got out the, the program and I just listened to them as I drove. And I kept buying the programs. And then somebody walked into my office and said, uh, I sell seminars. If you could give a seminar, I could sell it for you. So I said, okay. And I had a whole lot of ideas about a, a seminar. And we sat down, we structured it. I developed a, a two-day seminar. And he went out and he was a complete failure. He didn't sell anything. I think he made one sale in three or four or five, six months. And I had to pay him the whole time. I finally fired him and I gave my first seminar. I had seven people and only one paid. <laughs> and that was the beginning. And the next seminar, there had 12 people and more of them paid. And then the next seminar, I had 14 people and I kept doing it. And people started saying, this is really great stuff. My spin, it's basically what it was, my, my spin on these principles was different. And within a year, I was speaking to 100 and 200. And the next year, 400 and 600. And my wife said, why don't you record this program and send a copy to Nightingale Conan? They may be interested in publishing it. Well, I had made a recording because people in my seminars kept saying, can we get a, this recorded? Can we get a copy of this to repeat it afterwards? Because there's so much material, as you know, there's an enormous amount of material. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they said, uh, uh, I, I, I borrowed a professional recorder from a friend of mine, and then I had somebody sit in the front and push the recorder and just record, very rough copy. And so we had this, and if people said, can I buy a copy? He said, yeah, here's a copy. So we started making as much money selling copies at $99 of the two-day seminar as we were making from the seminar. So Barbara, my wife said, why don't you send a copy to Nightingale Cone? I said, but they're the biggest in the world. I mean, that's like a, 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 a person in living on a farm sending a, a homemade video to uh, Warner Brothers or 20th Century Fox to, to get into a movie. That, you can't do it. So I argued with her. She just said, why don't you send it to Nightingale Cone? So one day I picked up the phone. I'd been speaking now for about two and a half years. I picked up the phone, trepidation. I called Nightingale Conant and I said to the receptionist, I, I have this uh, audio program that uh, you might be interested in listening to and selling. And she said, oh, well, that goes to uh, Bun Goodwin, which, who was the uh, head of production at that time. So they switched me to him and I said, my name is Brian Tracy, you never heard of me. And he started talking, he said, well, send me a copy so I can listen to it. So I sent him a copy, and then I sent it by like a Federal Express, I say like on a Thursday, so it would arrive there on a Friday. And then on uh, Monday, I called them up. I said, uh, did, did you get my program? They said, yes, Lloyd, who's the, the, the president of the whole company, Lloyd uh, came uh, on Friday, came to me and said, is there anything new to listen to when I go home? He said, yes, this just came in. He said, okay, I'll listen to it. He came in Monday morning and said, I like it, we'll produce it. And uh, so how soon can you come down to Chicago to discuss the contract? I said, how about tomorrow? <laughs> and I was going from Edmonton to Toronto to give a, uh, a speech. And so I rerouted and went directly to Chicago. 
and met them and it began a lifelong relationship with them and they took psychology of they took the program and they called it psychology of achievement sort of piggybacking on psychology of winning and they released it and it exploded wow. people started calling them up and, and buying and buying quantities of them and everything else because it was so good and uh it was a wonderful thing for me like a, a little nobody from, from from nowhere and edmonton i used to joke is not the um it's not the north pole but it's uh, very close to the north pole it's almost there and uh so it started to sell and then they said to me uh, you got something else because we because we need to sell to the people who bought from you already and i said well i've been in sales all my life i could do a program we could call it the psychology of selling and they said that's great so i wrote and wrote and planned and organized and laid it all out and then i put together a seminar a public seminar and brought people into the room several about three four five hundred people i got a professional company to um, record it and to videotape it and then i sent the professional recording down to nightingale conant and they listened to it and because of its spontaneity and its humor and its fast movie and its content they just released it exactly the way i sent it to them it sold a million copies in 33 languages it became the best selling program on sales in the world and if you're in sales this program has made millionaires of more people than any other single influence the psychology of selling and then i did a program called the psychology of success and then i did a programs that you listen to the luck factor and uh program after program and they started release we did more than 30 programs and i became the top audio author possibly in the history of the world and the programs rolled out into more languages and more languages and more like i began speaking in europe and asia and blah it sounds like a <laughs> an amazing thing but what was the reason for it was because the ideas were so simple and so true and they worked it's like two and two is four it's always two and two is four and they work for you and they work for anyone and people literally became wealthy i have three of my graduates are now billionaires and multi-billionaires and and a tribute i've had people tell me that this person has said the reason i'm a billionaire mm -hmm. starting from a joe job a very low level job is because of brian tracy's program it yeah. rerouted me onto a different route Amazing. and today i'm a multi-billionaire one of my richest my richest client hired me to come down and spend a day just hanging out with him. He's worth $8.7 billion, one of the richest men in the world. Wow. And he, he, he bought a condominium in Monaco um, after the owner died. He paid $300 million for it. It's the most expensive condominium in the world. And he had me come down and he bought a five-star hotel that was next to the condominium complex. He bought that so that people who came to visit him could stay at this five-star hotel. So I stayed at this hotel and you walk out of the hotel and down the sidewalk and into his uh, $300 million condominium. Most amazing damn thing. And we just hung for a day. He, he did not speak English, so he had a translator the whole time. And we just went back and forth and he told me he was pushing a gurney in a hospital in St. Petersburg yeah. uh, after the fall of the Soviet Union. and. Uh, and uh, he got a copy of the book. The book was published in Russian uh, very soon, terrible uh, publication. 
thin, uh, toilet paper, thin paper, and so on. Uh, but they had to do that to get it at a low price. And somebody gave him this book to read, and he read it, and it transformed his life. And he realized he didn't want to push a gurney for $200 a month for the rest of his life. Yeah. And then the, the rest is, is actually history, stories, incredible stuff. So, so basically, change your thinking, change your life. Change your thinking, change your life. And we go down the road of life, and every so often we have what I call a turning point. And we turn. It's happened to you, it happened to everybody. And we turn, and forever after, our life is different. But it's always because of an idea. And I say this, there's an idea out there that's going to make you rich. If you, if you stumble across this idea, you may get it in a conference, you may read it in a newspaper or a book, or get it from an audio program, but see, you never know where or what the idea is, so you have to scoop. I call it scooping on, like, like, like a lot of stuff on a table. You have to scoop many ideas, because you never know which idea it's going to be, and sometimes you get many ideas, and then you get just one more idea, and it, it explodes, and it always happens. It happens to you, it happened to me, the most important idea that you get is that I can do this. I can do this. I, I can be much more successful than I am. Mm. And once you get that idea, you're never the same again. And, and you, you really, the core foundation for, for this, Brian, is the, the principle of goal setting, um, which is one of the first things I got to from yours. But, but you're still, I mean, you've got a program now, the Goals Quick Start Masterclass. So you, you, you are just uh, somebody who, who says if you write your goals down and you, you think clearly, then that's the foundation, isn't it, to move yes. on to success? That is so important. Thank you very much. It's so important. And the, the idea of writing down your goals. And I teach it and I teach it and I teach it. I have people come up to me in my seminars all over the world who have been in previous seminars. And they come up and they they want to say thank you. Say you changed my life. You made me rich. You changed my life. You made me rich. I've heard that thousands of times. I get emails and say thank you, thank you, thank you. You changed my life. You made me rich. And if they don't tell me, I'll ask what was it in my um, opus, if you like, all my stuff. What was the one thing that helped you so much? And they start. They sit back and they beam like a sunshine. And they say, it was the goals. It was the goals. I'd never heard about goals before except in sports. And then when you explain goals, and I did what you said to do, my life changed forever. Let's give our viewers a very simple exercise. N know this, that if you write down a goal, not type, but if you write down a goal, it's like writing a program into your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is merely a, uh, a mechanical computer that accepts and retrieves information. It is not creative. People think, well, the subconscious mind is creative. No, the subconscious mind is like a computer. It's a tool, garbage in, garbage out, good in, good out, and so on. However, the subconscious mind is hooked up to a mind called the superconscious mind. And the superconscious mind is the universal mind that contains all the ideas in the world, all the knowledge, and every great breakthrough has come from the superconscious mind. And what you, how you activate this superconscious mind is you write down your goals in the present tense as if they have already been 
achieve. So for example, you would say, I say, how many people here would like to double their income? And let's say you're making 50,000 pounds a year. And you would say, well, I would like to double my income. So that would be 100,000 pounds. Yeah. So you write down your goal. I earn 100,000 pounds by December 31st, 2020. That's how you write the goal. Present tense, personal, with a date. You always put a, a fixed date at the end. Then you go on to another. I weigh X number of pounds by this date. I achieve this particular goal by this date. People, countless people say, I meet the, birth, the man or woman of my dreams by this date. And it always happens. It always happens. It's so amazing. So here's what I'm going to tell our friends who are watching this. Take a sheet of paper, just a blank sheet of paper, and write goals at the top of the page and today's date. And then write down 10 goals that you would like to achieve in the next 12 months or so. Just These are just 12-month goals. Some may be a one-week goal, one-month goal, six-month goal, but they're all within 12 months. This is the type of goal that is most motivational, most exciting, because you can sort of see it from where you are. A five or 10 or 20-year goal is fun, but you can't see it, so it doesn't motivate you. So these are all one-year goals. Write down 10. And they can be, of course, financial goals, business goals, family goals, health goals. Once you've written down your 10 goals, then what you do is you go over the list and you say, which one goal, if I were to achieve it by the date that I wrote, would have the greatest positive impact on my life? And so you go through and you review your goals. And almost always it's a financial goal. Sometimes it's a relationship goal. Sometimes it's a health goal. But you, what, you take the goal and you say, this would have the greatest impact on my life. And then you set that on a separate piece of paper at the top and you write down everything that you could think of that you could do to achieve this goal. The writing is so important and you write and write and write and you come up with 10 things that you could do and then 11 and then 12 and then tomorrow you think of something else and you keep writing on this goal until you can't think of another thing that would help you. Then you look at your list of, ac of actions that you can take and you can say which one action if I were to take it, would help me the most to achieve my most important goal. And put a circle around that and take action. And take action on that goal or that activity or some other activity every day, every day, every day. And my books contain a complete program for setting and achieving goals. But if you'll just do this, write down 10, pick one. Put it on a separate sheet of paper, write down everything you could think of to achieve it, pick one activity, and take action immediately. All successful people take action. Even if you give up the idea at 10 o'clock at night, do something now. It's like starting an engine. And you start that engine, you start to move toward the goal, and the goal starts to move toward you. And things start to happen. Your whole life starts to change. I promise you, once you've written down your 10 goals, your whole life starts to change in the most miraculous ways. And from then on, you'll be different. And you've done that. And I've done that, and my millionaire and billionaire friends have done that. Why it works is because when you write it down, you activate the superconscious mind, which begins working 24 hours a day to bring the goal to you and to bring you to the goal. Yeah, and it's interesting, Brian, isn't it, that I've done this and, and I've followed what, what you just talked about from you. And it's almost as though you, you are telling yourself things that 
you, you weren't necessarily aware of, but suddenly they become part of your, your desires, don't they? It's a really amazing experience to do. Yes, and, and I, say, I say to people, it costs you nothing except <laughs> a pen, a piece of paper, and a pen, and, and about three to five minutes of your time. It costs you People say, well, what if it doesn't work? You know what I say? That's the wrong question. The question is, what if it does work? <laughs> it's three to five minutes. I'm not asking you to invest uh, your life savings in some scheme. I'm just saying, write them, write down what you want, and see. See, only three percent of adults write down their goals, and everyone works for them. They own all the big houses, and they drive the beautiful cars, and they go to the five-star hotels, and they vacation in Switzerland, and so on. It's it, it, the three percent. And uh, I've seen this over and over and over again. Sometimes I, you explain this as I'm explaining it with some enthusiasm and people just won't do it or they'll procrastinate. They say, well, it seems like a good idea. Maybe, maybe I'll do it this weekend or maybe I'll do it later on today or, or maybe I'll do it at Christmas or something like that. Procrastination is the thief of time. Procrastination is the thief of life. Procrastination wipes out all your potential, all your possibilities. My book, which is called Eat That Frog, as I mentioned, has sold 2.5 million copies in 50 languages. Why? It's because people read the book, and you know, what, you know how a book sells? It's called Pass Along. Pass Along. That means somebody reads the book and says, geez, you've got to read this book. And somebody else reads the book and says, geez, you've got to read this book. And somebody else reads the book and says, this should, you should publish this in my language. It's published in 50 languages. Imagine that. Yeah. And people keep saying, you got to read this book. So it's pass along. If you don't get pass along within 30 days of releasing a book, the book dies. And, uh, and so, or, or even movies. If you release a movie, you can spend an enormous amount of money getting people into the theater the first time. But after that, it has to be pass along. And so if somebody tells you, like we are telling people, our viewers, um, if somebody tells you, you should read this book or you should do this exercise mm. by all means do it because the cost of doing it is nothing but the rewards from doing it can be extraordinary it can change your life forever as it has done for millions of people yeah. for the people who own everything you, know, you drive down the street and you're envious of these people who have beautiful cars and lives and homes and kids in private schools why it's because they write down their goals yeah <laughs> And it strikes me, Brian, that there is a secret, which is the thing that you're talking about. And, and the people who, you know, the guy with the 300 million condominium, he knows the secret. But you stand on a stage and you tell 5 million people the secret. Yeah. But, but does it frustrate you that 99% of them don't write them down? 97% <laughs> by statistics will not do it. So now what I do is I force people to sit down. I bring them my, in my coaching classes. I say, come to my coaching class once every three months and you will double your income and double your time off. And if you don't, I'll give you your money back. So there's a risk-free, so I call it risk reversal. I'll take the risk. If you don't double your income and double your time off within 12 months, then I'll give you your money back. And I did my program with business owners for seven years. And I put more than 1,000 people in groups of 20 to 30 through this program. And I never, ever had to give a refund. I never gave a refund. I say, 
you'll double your income in 12 months. Many people doubled their income the next week and tripled it. And then they kept doing the same things and they kept, they developed this compounding. Is that they just kept making more and more money. And, and some people quit my program and I would ask them, you know, why, why didn't you show up? They said, I've made so much money now. I just, I just don't have the time to come to your program anymore. I said, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I don't want a refund. I, I'm just making so much money. I can't believe it right. from that goal setting exercise that I do the first morning of the first day of the four days in the year that people come because I, I don't want them to ask for a refund. So I give them exercises in the first day that will guarantee that they never need a refund. And that's why I've never had a person ask for a refund. Amazing. And everything that I do, uh, I made this, I have a company with uh, 35 people. We do marketing mostly online, uh, especially online today. And we say, anything that you buy from us is 100% guaranteed for a year. You can take it, use it, try it out uh, for a year. If it doesn't work, give it back. Give your money back. No questions asked. Right. Give your money back so fast, it'll burn your hand. And you know something? We get one request in 400, one refund. And often it's because the person, it's the wrong program for that person. Yeah. And often they will, but I have a different program rather than this one uh, because this one is not right for me. But one in 400. So That's amazing. So Brian, the other, the other thing that is so impressive and comes across so, so well is you're still passionate about this. And I, I guess people get tired, don't they? And, and they get weary. After 40 years, how do you still remain as passionate about your, your craft? Well, because it's like when I do this Zoom interview, afterwards I will be tired because in most cases, you don't get any energy from a Zoom interview. You're speaking to an audience, you get energy. And mm -hmm. I'm getting energy from you. And I'm excited about talking to you and sharing these ideas that have made such a difference in your life and my life. And that gives me energy. And it, it, it basically, it's a, it's a form of psychic energy that just comes and it comes out of, the, out of the ether, if you like. And so that's why I continue to do it because I get energy from it hour after hour and especially on the stage in front of 500 or 1000 people yeah is, is that your favorite time speaking or is it writing no my, my favorite time is just to speak and share these ideas and i used to hand out a an empty notebook to take notes in and I, people spent too much time writing notes so i i saw another speaker do something and i and i, I said and what he did is he handed out um, booklets that had blanks. And what you had to, all you had to do was fill in the blank. But the sentence or the idea made no sense unless you had the word in the blank. Okay. And so I created workbooks. And I've done that ever since for, for almost 40 years. Every single workbook is a fill in the blanks workbook. So all you have to do is pay attention and I'll give you the word. I'll explain the principle and in explaining the principle, I'll then read the line with the word in it and people write down one word but they have to lean forward they have to pay attention because if they miss the word the sentence will have no meaning to them and the sentences are you know interesting and they want the word so the sentence the the, the seminars are very involving people lean forward mm -hmm. and when they go for eight hours and people are just amazed that eight hours has passed and they're highly energized 
and they're, it was, they've learned so much, but it's because they're continually involved in the learning process. And then they own it. They walk away and they own the material. And if they have any questions, they can go back to their notes. Yeah. The notes contain every key point. Amazing, amazing. And um, I'm, I'm also a big fan of Jim Rohn, and I saw you do a, a talk uh, about Jim. Um, well, you worked with him, didn't you? You shared the stage with him on occasions. Yes, Jim and I traveled all over the country. What, what it, the way it works is we have promoters, and the promoters have teams that go in and sell the seminars for a, a future date. And then they bring in two speakers, one for the morning, one for the afternoon. And I started to work with Jim Rohn and travel with Jim. And so I knew him as well probably as anybody. Uh, he was a very uh, sort of a private man. And in person, he was a blah character. When he was on the stage, he was had a wonderful, wonderful way about him. But afterwards, he didn't want to hang out. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to socialize. He just wanted to be quiet. And, um, but when we were traveling, there was nothing to do except talk. So we talked and explored some of these ideas and so on. And he, I called him, I wrote a, uh, a, a note for him, a, a, a testimonial that he put on his books and all his materials is Jim Rohn is the original American philosopher. And people love that idea. He's yeah. a philosopher in a wonderful way of expressing things. Yeah. Uh, made you think, wow, yeah. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. I remember one of his, he's very famous for, and pe people say, why is it that people don't do this or do that and be successful? And he says, I don't know. That's just the way they are. <laughs> <laughs> you probably heard him say that. That's yeah. just the way they are. They're, no matter, you, you, you know, you can take it, bring a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can bring them the best ideas in the world, but you can't make them use the ideas. Yeah, I love your story that you, you shared a plane with him and, and he, was, he was traumatized that he thought you wanted to talk to him, but you started writing notes and he was happy because he wrote notes because as you say, he was an introvert, wasn't he? Yes, well, I told him, he was looking at me sort of like, and, he, and we were sitting, the plane was almost uh, empty and I was sitting next to the window on my side. He was sitting next to the window on his side and he had this look like, like it was, it was trepidation. And I said, don't worry, Jim. I love to sit and read when I travel, just like you do. I won't bother you. And he went, oh, I was so happy. And he went back to reading. And, and that sort of was a sort of uh, made us a, a good relationship. We had a great relationship because he knew that I respected his desire to be quiet when he wasn't speaking. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. So um, we, we are, I don't have you for very long, Brian. I would like to uh, ask a favor, actually. I've got an 18-year-old daughter and I've got a 15-year-old daughter and I'd like you to do um, something for them. What, what's, what's a piece of advice that you'd give them that I can pass on? Well, you, I have two daughters as well and I've given advice to my daughters. And what I say is this, is in your relationships and your daughters will be very focused on their relationships with, uh, with boys and men. In your relationships, listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Trust your inner voice. If your inner voice says, go ahead, then go ahead. If your inner voice says, no, there's something wrong with this, listen and trust yourself. 
you have this inner source of knowledge, this super conscious source that will always guide you to do and say the right thing. And so if you will just do that, trust yourself. And, and, and well, Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, he says, trust yourself and you'll never make another mistake. Trust yourself, you'll never make another mistake. And that's what the advice that I give to my children. And I, you have to give it over and over. And because they'll come and they will have a question. What about this and what about that? And mm. they won't tell you everything and so on. So just basically tell them, and this is what I do with my, all my children. I say, whatever you do, I support you 100%. And you're always free to change your mind. So if you make a decision to, or a commitment to do this, and your inner voice tells you it's not a good idea, then don't do it. You're always free to change your mind. Nobody's ever going to challenge you and say, hey, you said you were going to do this. No. Hmm. You, whatever you do, I support you 100%, as long as you listen to your inner voice. And my kids keep quoting that back to me. My daughter is 40 years old now, and she teaches her, she has three children, she teaches her family. You, whatever you do, I support you 100%, and you can always change your mind. Wow. And it's become a wonderful thing in my family. Brilliant, brilliant. I'll, I'll pass that on. And I have, I have one last thing to ask you. Um, if you could go for a meal to your favorite restaurant and you could put four, four people around your table, uh, dead or alive, who would you like to share that meal with? Well, that's a great question. Uh, my, my first choice would be Ludwig von Mises who I think is the greatest economic mind in history. He died in 1973. And um, he's had more of an influence on important people than any other economist. Um, my second would probably be Napoleon Hill, who wrote the book Think and Grow Rich and, and several other books, all of which I've read uh, multiple times. My third choice would probably be um, Donald Trump. I would probably want to um, have dinner with the uh, president of the United States, the very controversial president of the United States. Mm. And let's say one more, let me see one more, one more, dead or alive, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Dead or alive? Yeah. Then I would probably pick Abraham Lincoln, who's uh -huh. considered to be um, the greatest president in Amer American history by everybody from all sides of the aisle, as yeah. they say. So those would be my four, just off the top of my head. Oh, that's fantastic. And I would love to be the waiter so I could listen <laughs> in. Yeah. And just hang, hang out and just listen. Yeah. That's a, a great. I'd take a long time to take the plates away and, and think, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'd have a notepad as well, wouldn't I? Yes. Yeah. Well, Brian, that's been, it's been a huge thrill for me. When I started my journey 25 years ago with, with, with these, these audio books I have next to me, to, to have this chance to talk to you is, is I wish I'd have written it down. Um, it was a goal, but I didn't write it down, but it happened. Well, that's great. And it's been a, a great pleasure for me, Peter. Thank you very much for inviting me to, to be with you and to be with your friends. And I wish you the very best of success. And I look forward to meeting you uh, when this pandemic passes and I start coming back to England again. Yeah, so I am going to write that down, Brian. Yes, thank I'm you. I'm gonna put that on my list. And keep in touch. Keep Thank in touch. You. Take care. As we say in the US, don't be a stranger. <laughs> don't be a stranger. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Take care now.
Thank you. You have a good day. Bye-bye.